You're listening to episode 12 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, Jacqueline and I talk all about productivity. How do you get more done in less time? And it really is about being more effective with your time. We're talking about making sure that we're not adding any more stress or overwhelm and really making the best use of your time. So we get into some tips, what's worked well for us, what hasn't worked, so that it can help you figure out your ideal schedule and make you more productive. So let's get started. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and joining me is my beautiful co-host, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm awesome today. So today, we're going to talk with our listeners about productivity, how to do more in less time. And nobody knows how to do that more than the two of us. We have (laughs) two businesses, two kids that are little, two husbands, (laughs) (laughs) zero dogs. (laughs) So Mina, I think that you and I have learned a lot from each other in the way that we both have our different ways of how to be our best selves and to be the most productive in our day. I know that I've learned a lot from you and hopefully I've shared some of my tools with you to implement. So let's chat about the things that our listeners can do to be more productive with their time. Sure. That sounds great. So I guess I want to share a little bit about my productivity, my routine, and then we'll share Mina's. And we both kind of operate in a different way. So for me, I am a client-based business. So a lot of my business is based around my clients and the time that my clients need and their schedules. I live and die by my Google Calendar. If it's in there, I'm blocked out. I know that it's there. If it's not, I have no idea it's happening and I may or may not be there. So no matter what I do is I block that into my Google Calendar. I am not as on top of it in the way that I know some podcasts that I listen to, they literally block in the time you know they wake up, the time they work out or journal in the morning, when they eat breakfast, when they take their kids to school. All of that for me, I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey about it. And really for me, it's my work days, my work hours, and anything shared with my husband in the way of childcare. So if my husband has a job because he's an actor, if he has an audition, if he has a job, he needs to put that in the Google Calendar and I'll know what he's doing. If he tells me that in passing, I have no idea we even, like we've even spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> I'm like, he says, I told you about this. I was like, no, you didn't. And he's like, I did. And I'm like, did you put it in the calendar? He's like, no. I was like, I have no idea that that's happening. <laughs> but he he travels a lot. He does things at night. He travels a lot. So I need, my main goal in my life is that I block out my days according to where my kids are 
if they're cared for, and that allows me the time that I need to, really for me, it's working. Everything else I can do with my kids. You know, I'll take them to the grocery store. I don't need that blocked in to my day just yet. So there's Designer Consulting Co-op and what I need to do for my clients. Then there's the Product Boss with Mina. So we have our mastermind that we meet with on Mondays and the in-between work we do, whether it's the master classes or the trainings online and when we record this podcast. And then the other parts are the development stages of my business. So how am I going to move Designer Consulting Co-op forward and how are Mina and I are going to move Product Boss forward? So really for me, everything needs to go into my calendar. Mina, how, how do you work in terms of a calendar? I'm really, really routine-based. The reason why I think that you aren't is because you're bicoastal, so you're going back and forth. That'll change once your kid, one of your kids, once Oliver gets into school, because it is such a huge game changer. I often forget that Suri's in second grade. I'm the one that actually, I don't get her ready for school at all. Sometimes I miss her completely since Layla still wakes up at night. Even though she's two years old, I am a late sleeper. So since I'm getting up at night, I get up around... 8, 8.30 and she's at school by 8 a.m. My husband gets her ready completely. Even if he's, you know, going to work at his, you know, corporate job, he gets her ready first and then he takes her. And so sometimes I'm rolling out of bed at like 7.30 to help, but maybe that's like one out of 10 times. And that's just because most of my time is spent with Layla getting up at night and she still gets up maybe like twice a night. So it really puts a wrench into my sleeping patterns. (laughs) But my main thing that I do that I think makes all the difference is I prepare myself the night before. So anything that I'm getting done, any thinking, any scheduling, I write it down the night before. So the night before, I write down the three things that I want to get done for the next day. So it's the top three things. And I'll even write down the other to-dos, but they kind of go into like the other section. So the top three, and then I also write down like what I need to buy usually and what I need to return. Don't you feel like you have a lot of returns and stuff? Or is that just me? (laughs) I do. They sit in my car waiting for me. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I'll sometimes write that down because I know I'm going to the store. And then I'll try to write down what I'm having for dinner because I have to prepare what we're going to have for dinner. And if I don't prepare the night before, we usually just go out to eat or we, we have takeout. My husband goes and gets takeout. Because by that time, I can no longer make any sort of decisions and I'm like dead tired. So I write down what we're having for dinner. And then for breakfast and lunch, I kind of wing it myself. My one daughter, Layla, she goes to daycare at like 10 a.m., which is really late because she can go starting at 7 a.m. I just take her really late. We just pay extra. And then I'm because I'm just like a a helicopter mom is what they call them, where you're like hovering over them constantly. So I make sure she's fed. I make sure I try to make sure she poops in the morning, you know, like just crazy, <laughs> like a crazy mom. <laughs> and then when she does all that stuff, and then I take her to daycare and then I start my work day and then I start on those three things. And with those three things that I'm trying to get done in a day, I set a timer. So usually it'll be like 60 to 90 minutes and I always have to set a timer because otherwise I just, I have no sense of urgency otherwise. And then I just kind of work through that. I know that my max time of capabilities for working is two hours at a time. So I know it has to be an hour to 90 minutes. And then I just do that in one sitting and then I have lunch or whatever. And then I do another sitting where it's like an hour 
and then another hour. And I do the same thing that you do as far as like batching, but the batching only comes in our schedule. Like I use, so we have a shared, the product boss Gmail calendar, and then we batch when we're recording podcasts. So like two podcasts at a time, when we were trying to do four podcast episodes at a time, it was really like not that productive because there's a max to how productive you can be for sure. And so we realized that two episodes at a time was ideal for us. And then we batch those times. I also try to schedule in things that I want to do as far as my goals. Like I try to schedule the night before what time I'm going to go to a workout. Well, since I was just telling Jacqueline I haven't worked out in four months and I went on Saturday and my, like my body is I'm paying for it. Like I can barely move. (laughs) So I had to be better about definitely doing an activity every day. And that's just because I feel myself getting old. (laughs) Like my kids are getting older, I'm getting older. And I feel like I need to schedule in that activity. Otherwise I don't get it done. It's just, I was going to go back to the poop comment because (laughs) I maybe sometimes tell my husband that we have to step away from our kids because I do feel a little helicoptery a bit. bit. I'm like, he's turning five. We don't have to stand over him at this party, but we send our kids to poop at school. We're like, nope, not our problem. Like, oh, you're hungry? Go to school. Oh, you don't want to eat your breakfast? That's fine. Go to school. They'll deal with you. My daughter's potty training. I let her pee before we left put her in her underwear. And I said, bye-bye. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) That's how I was with my firstborn, but my second one, my baby, plus, you know, the heart surgery baby, I feel like it changed my whole concept of motherhood. And now I'm like, how there people deal with money mindset. I deal with mom guilt. Like that's my issue, you know? So we all have our mindset (laughs) issues. That's for darn sure. And it shifts with motherhood with which child you have and everything. I used to, I mean, Suri used to get up, you know, that she's seven now, but she went to daycare since she was four months old. I would send her off to school. She would have breakfast there. I wouldn't see her until five o'clock. She'd get a bath every night. I was like, I was so good about the routine and, but not anymore. It's like, that was a different mom. I don't know who that was. She had her, she had her routine together. Let me tell you. So then basically planning out your day, working in batches. Mm -hmm. So for me, let's, we've discussed that Mondays are a day for product boss and the the rest of our days are for other things. And sometimes we have to be flexible. So whether we're doing the mastermind and after that, Mina and I do some developmental work on the business, or we have interviews coming up with some guests for the podcast or some master classes. Then on the, this is a Monday that we don't have a mastermind and we're batching this recording together. With me and my schedule of my week, I basically have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where I'm available for consulting calls with my clients. And that is within a certain timeline that allows me to have my morning because I'm on the East Coast. And then I hit the time that my office would open in LA, you know, 9 a.m. West Pacific Standard Time. And then I work and then I need to be done usually by two o'clock Pacific Standard Time to pick my kids up from school at five. And there are some nights that I've allowed for time for it to go into my evenings to have meetings with clients in different states because my clients are all over the country and even some all over the world to be able to talk to them at different hours. But that will be once a week, basically, is how it's blocked into my schedule. Where is the time for development though? That's where I have my Fridays. I try to either take that time off or Fridays or development. And then in the off hours where I'm not consulting. But what I'm trying to learn from Mina, so maybe we'll do a check-in on this later on in the podcast some months down the line, now that I'm trying to stabilize and I'm not traveling back and forth as much, it is really trying to, for 
me and I'm working on this the same as our listeners, trying to get my schedule more set or more established where I'm getting back into the routine of things where you've been able to stay in your routine. Yeah, I love my routine and my kids love the routine too. So what in the night before, like Suri will pick out her clothes for the following day for school because otherwise every day in the morning it's what's the weather today? How cold is it today? And then we have to go into the conversation of why she cannot wear shorts. Like the girl always wants to wear shorts. And so if we pick it up the night before, it eliminates any sort of arguments with her dad about what she's wearing that day. Everything in the night before. And I do that for myself too. If I plan on working out the next day, I will set out my clothes or I will sleep in them. You know, like I cut out any sort of decision making. <laughs> But for clothes, let's say there's this whole world of capsule dressing now that people are talking mm-hmm. about. So it's either the modern uniform or capsule dressing. And I realized I did that instinctively. It's hilarious because I'm the fashion designer that in high school, I used to think I was Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City wearing crazy vintage skirts <laughs> and heels that I bought in Europe. I mean, I was, I really cared. <laughs> cut to now, I'm like, oh, this shirt fits and looks good. Great. I'll take six of them in a different color each. And then I'll wear that same shirt and I'll do the same thing. Like I've ordered leggings on Amazon. You could get six packs on Amazon of these like (laughs) cool different colors. And so I'll just sort of interchange them. And I realized before the trend of capsule dressing or uniform type dressing, I was doing that myself. And I think it's Facebook, the founder of Facebook. I think he wears the same Oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs does. Or Steve Jobs does. wears the black turtleneck and black pants every day because your mind cannot differentiate between a big decision and a small decision. And you have a maximum amount of decisions that you make every day. So like in the morning, you have your most willpower. That's why they say to work out in the mornings because your willpower is top notch. By the end of the day, you have less willpower. So if you have like a butter croissant there waiting with like all kinds of cream cheese on it, it'll be harder for you to say no to that sweet treat in the afternoon than it is in the morning. Be harder for you to make decisions like making the decision of what's for dinner tonight. Like that is like the number one question in our household come three o'clock. It's hard to make all those decisions. So having a capsule wardrobe is super, super helpful. And I feel like that every work at home mom is doing that. Yeah. Instinctively, like what you said, because it's just way easier. Yeah. I mean, it's cutting, it's cutting out that thought process. It's the same thing with necklaces. It's a big deal because I don't wear a ton of earrings, but I wear necklaces. And in the recent years, I've worn the same necklace. I think I've always seen you wear your little necklace with your daughter's names on it, but I'll wear it. And I just don't take it off. And it's just so different than the way I used to be where I had different necklaces for the day and I would layer them. Now, obviously I didn't have two kids and multiple businesses, but when we talk about the seasons right now, that's the season I'm in where it's easy, effortless for me. And so I think in terms of productivity, I would say that's a key thing in my life is reducing the clutter of the clothes that I have, minimizing my options and knowing if something works well and fits me, that's going to be my everyday outfit in different colors. And then I'll still have my cute outfits for when I go out and people need to see me. (laughs) You need to be presentable. Like when Um, I see you in Vegas, I will wear different clothes. Yeah. Tomorrow I have a haircut, you guys. I haven't (laughs) cut my hair in like five months, but since I'm going to go see Jacqueline in Vegas next week, I have a haircut tomorrow. And so I'm excited to put some care into my look. It's the winter. We've all been hibernating. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
I wanted to go back to what you were saying about certain days you do certain things. So Mondays are the product boss. That can be for any product-based business too, where they are doing, I know a lot of people will do shipments Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they will put that on their website. We ship out USPS Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and our orders are processed within one to two business days. So something like that, where you're batching the things you're doing, so then it's easier set. So Like I said, I do a lot of night before stuff to prevent. So that's my daily routine. I also like to look at weekly, which is appointments that I need to do weekly. And so the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, I also try to, I'm trying to go to the chiropractor once every week. And so now I know I need to schedule that in. So I have a standing appointment Fridays at one to go to my chiropractor knowing that I'll have to cancel if that is not the case. But I feel like before my self-care and my stress management always came last and I would always think, hey, I'm going to put those in or I'm going to call and make the appointment but I never would. So now I just do it all ahead of time. It's in my calendar if it's weekly or monthly and then I, I have to cancel if that's the case and I can't make it, which is a lot of effort rather than actually going. Tell our listeners about your tax day. (laughs) Tax day. So every month on the 15th, I have a tax day. And that is because nobody, what's that quote? The thing that is for sure is death and taxes, right? Is that the quote? Yeah. And so that's a bit morbid. But when you're thinking about that, it's the for sure thing is that, so April 15th, everybody knows that that's tax day. So every month I think on the 15th, I'm paying taxes to myself and to my body because it's my stress management day. So that is my self-care day where I have a set appointment for a 90-minute massage. I'll try to do my haircuts that day too. But since we're going to Vegas, I'm doing it the week prior because I feel like that's a part of stress management as well. And I'm also reframing my workouts. Instead of trying to lose weight with them, I'm actually reframing them like in my iPhone app, I have this one thing called don't break the chain or something like that. And you put an X for whatever day you do stuff. And so instead of putting workout, which I used to have it as workout, and I would get discouraged because I would not lose any sort of weight. Now instead, it is active stress management. That's what I call it. So it's a reframe. And so I am doing it for my mental health and the serotonin and the endorphins that I'm getting from working out rather than losing weight and reframing it for myself so I don't get discouraged. And so the 15th of every month is my self-care month or my self-care day, my tax day. I'm paying taxes. And it also happens to be the day that we're checking in for all of our stats and data too. So Jack and I have a Excel spreadsheet. And on it, it says Instagram followers, Twitter followers, number of episodes, number of podcast downloads, just a whole bunch of data. And every 15th, that is my day that I check in. Because you forget to do that all the time unless you have it in the calendar. So that's for that, for the product boss. And I also have one for low labels. And so then that is my tax day too, where I'm doing the data and I'm doing self-care and it's non-negotiable. I have to take care of myself on tax day. So Mina has this calendar. One of the things that we've seen of the high-performing people that we've been working with is that we still do write things down. So I don't know if it's the age range that we're around because we're old. We're at the upper level or upper edge of millennials. And young of Gen X. (laughs) And young of Gen X. We're in between where we think we still function like Gen X, but there are definitely things that we'll take our information and snippets sometimes as well, or maybe we're not checking our voicemails as often as Gen X would. <laughs> it's like, just text me or leave me a boxer. 
So Mina works with a way of a calendar. And so she'll actually go in an X days out. So that's really important as well for productivity to put an X through your 15th. Like you are not available for business things on the 15th because that's the day you have to do all these check-ins. Or if you have to do stuff, you know, depending on maybe you're spending that day at the spa and getting your hair done. So that's not necessarily the day that you can get everything done. Maybe that's the 14th or the 16th, but block that into your schedule where you're holding yourself accountable and you're allowing that time for yourself. Yeah. Think of it as your tax day because nobody, nobody can get away from taxes, right? You have to pay (laughs) the taxes to yourself. So your self-care day, it is super necessary. People think that it's not or not. They don't think it's not. They just think that they'll get to it eventually. But if it's in your day on the 15th, like taxes, it's non-negotiable, like what I was saying, where you have to do it and then you'll thank yourself for it later. So I like how we're digging into how the product-based entrepreneur can work on productivity. So something that you mentioned was the every other day for shipping. One thing I tell my clients when they're setting up their websites and they're setting up their terms and conditions is to literally put on there when you're going to ship because we're in this Amazon world of getting things shipped two-hour delivery next day, things are getting shipped even Sundays. And so you will be attached to your business if your shipping is super loose and open. So if you say you get an order in by 4 p.m. today, we will ship by the next business day, then you have to know that you're sticking to that schedule of needing to always be available to be able to ship by that time to send it out. And this is if you're shipping yourself, if you don't have it drop shipped. So every other day, if that works for you and your business and your family and your lifestyle, know that you don't want to lose customers because they're so used to getting things so quickly, but also what type of lifestyle do you want? Or for the days that you take off, if you still can do it every day, do you have someone like lower level, someone that you could pay, you know, an intern or an assistant or husband or a teenage kid, somebody else that could do that? Because you also have to think about holidays as well. And the time that self-care time when you actually want to take off and take care of yourself and that your business needs to be able to function without you. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that I like to do for product base is I like to have canned responses. So even for Amazon handling my customer service, I literally get probably two to three messages a day on through Amazon saying, I didn't get my shipment within two days. And so they send it to me directly and then I have canned responses. I keep them in my Trello and my Evernote so then I'm able to access them on my phone or on my computer. And then I copy and paste and I just change the name is out. It just says, hi, Kate. I'm so sorry to hear that. I get exactly what you're saying. Amazon usually takes care of our fulfillment and I wish you would have received them. Here's the link to contact them directly. As a buyer, they'll respond to you quicker than they would me as a seller and let me know if they didn't take care of it for you. Best Mina. That's literally what it says. Copy paste. I do that two to three times a day. So, and just change out the name. And you have to really stay within the regulations of Amazon where it's like, can't have outside links. So I can't say, hey, go to my website or whatever. So just having those canned responses allows me not to have to think at all. And then also to be have really great customer service. But you can have canned responses for so many things. Like where's the link to your Amazon listing? Where is 
what's your shipping policy, anything like that. So then you can copy and paste and say, hey, but I do recommend if you do have canned responses to try to make it as personable as possible. So it seems like you're writing it on the fly. So I always say, hi, Kate. And I say, I wish you would have received it. Unhappy face. So things like that, where it's like, I'm an actual human and not, thank you for your inquiry, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So that's one of the ways that I try to be more productive is I have canned responses in the queue. Yeah. I mean, there's even responses. If you think about how long it takes to compose an email, depending on what you're composing. So for me, it's booking clients, responding to clients. If I get that really good email, I will save it as a draft or in my notes and then I can use it and update it. So I think that would be, that's a really great way to be productive and take some of that thinking out because once you do that thinking, how can you reuse it? So as a product-based business, another tool for being productive, I think, is sharing. So if you have a team that you have some sort of shared, we were talking about the Google Calendar, but something shared amongst each other for scheduling, I use Basecamp for my team and for my clients, and we use Google Calendar, and there's a little bit of Trello added into that, but Trello is more of an internal corkboard because a lot of it's virtual, so we, we share a virtual corkboard together to kind of see work being moved through processes. Mina and I only share Trello and then we have a Google Doc or Google Drive, Google Docs. Mm-hmm. And Dropbox. And our calendar and Dropbox. So there's ways of sharing with each other, sharing with your team. So if you have a social media manager, someone doing your website, a designer, a partner, the shipping facility, whoever's working on your line or your business with you, there's a way to communicate and share together so that they know the place to access what they need to access without having to ask you and wait for your response. Yeah, for sure. And it's nice to have an outsourced person. Like I don't have to worry about shipping because my husband does that, right? But I still have to have a meeting with him to make sure he has everything he needs. So even having that, if you are outsourcing it, you need to have those scheduled meetings with your team and those touch points. So if you're scheduling, you know, is that touch point weekly or is it monthly? And then come for real tax season, not my made up tax season, you'll probably have to have more meetings with your accountant. So I've hired Lane Booth at the project booth and she is incredible and she's helping me, let's say, with management of timing for production calendars for my clients. So if you guys are looking into that, but what was great about her was this working backwards idea. So if you have to ship to stores on a certain date, you have to work backwards from that date to when you need to start, whether it's design or development. So if you have a line or a business that keeps running the same product, maybe that's just about placing orders and reorders, deliveries to you, and when they have to be shipped out to the fulfillment center or the stores. If you're something like a fashion line or a product-based business that needs to constantly come up with new products, that's something where you need to work backwards knowing your design and development time, your sourcing time, the development into the production side of it, then when it ships. So you're sort of starting over every time. So we were working backwards to when you start. And as she says, these trigger dates, have you met that? Can you pull the trigger to move to the next thing? Or has something happened that you have to take action on? So for example, in fashion, if this 
piece hasn't gone through development on the right timeline, do you even show it to the buyer or do you just drop it out and say, right now it's just dead? And even to the point of if people don't buy it, do you go into production on it or do you just drop it? So I think a big part in the product-based business is when you're able to let things go and how you stay on the schedule. And that needs to be based on however you work. So whether it's your calendar, a Trello board, checklists, all the things that need to happen to get each part done to create the whole of when you get to that point of shipping and delivery. Yeah, I love that because so much of our day is spent just making decisions. And the hard part is sometimes feeling like we've made the right decision. And so I think that when you're trying to make decisions all the time, you have to make sure that what your gauge of your absolute yes and your absolute no is. And so, for instance, I have a Valentine's party for my daughter this coming Friday, right? And when she first started second grade, they're like, we're looking for a homeroom mom. And this is the mom that coordinates all the parties. This is up my alley. Like, I love coordinating parties. I'm great at decorating. I am an entrepreneur, so I can juggle so many different things. And I said to my husband, I should be this homeroom person. And he was like, are you sure that you want to like commit to this? And then I hesitated and I was like, oh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. And so I decided just to sign up as a volunteer and not as a homeroom person. So now that I'm going to Vegas, I was like, thank goodness. I did not sign up to be this homeroom teacher because this is the one that she coordinates the winter party. She coordinates the Valentine's party, all the parties of the year. And then she also thinks of all the games and helps the parents be volunteers. So basically what I'm doing right now is I'm just volunteering. So I just show up and I'm head of one of the stations. But thank goodness I don't have to come up with all those ideas because that would just add to my workload. And it's just like that. If it wasn't an absolute yes, I'm glad that I decided just to let that go. So even in your personal life, you have to just be okay with making quick decisions and being okay with letting things go for sure. And I think as entrepreneurs, we are very much those people that are like, yes, I can do it. I can do it all. I know you and I are like that because we are creative and we have a lot of ideas and it's fun and we're go-getters and we're leaders. And so that is something that, but we've been talking about that balance between family life and business. So what do we want to do? One big thing that I stopped doing I'm the oldest of five kids and literally every time that somebody was getting engaged, I'm like, oh, I can host your shower or I can do your invitations because that's like the fun crafty stuff that I can do. When I had Oliver, I had my brother's wedding, my mom was remarried and my best friend's wedding. I was making showers, like handmade shower invites and wedding invitations for like a 300 person wedding because I wanted to do it. But I had a newborn and my husband looked at me like I was a psychopath because I was doing it (laughs) all night and running my business. So that was the old Jacqueline where I said yes, because I wanted to help people, but I also liked the project to now figuring out my priorities. So we want to get another dog. Our dog passed away last year. But I look at that and I think I have only so much time. Do I want to spend 20 minutes walking the dog or that 20 minutes with my kids? If I have... 20 minutes between working and getting them to bed or whatever it is. Productivity wise, I think a big part of it is priorities and aligning those priorities. Like you said, and as fun as it would be and as capable as we are, is that something that we need to take on right now? Probably not. Yeah, for sure. I want to go back to something that you said. You said that Monday through Thursday is your execution days and Friday is your developmental day. And so 
as an entrepreneur, like Jacqueline was saying, we have that shiny object syndrome. So if you feel like that is something that you deal with a lot, just have Monday through Thursday as your main biz days and Friday as your experimental day. Friday could be when you're thinking about those new ideas, churning them out, letting those go, keeping them on, whatever you decide to do. So it's like shiny object day because it's our greatest strength and our greatest weakness too that we want to do all the things. But you still have to deal with that. You still have to make sure that you're addressing those. Otherwise, you're, you're going to become obsessed. There's so many ideas that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this idea because I don't let those ideas flow in and out through me and make a decision on them. So on Fridays, that's what I try to do is I make a day where it's not within my main biz, where I'm working on the things that are moving my business forward. And on Fridays, it's my experimental day where I'm just letting the big ideas stew and then seeing if I want to do 500 other things. (laughs) So I think being productive as well as getting that extra help that you may need. So whether it's home help, someone to help clean up the house, someone to help if you've got kids to pick them up, if you have a husband that shares responsibilities with you, sharing that with them, finding that balance. And I think so much of it is balance and you only have a certain amount of workable hours in a day. How do you divide up those hours? What pieces of the pie goes to you, to your business development, to your family, to your kids? And how can you make that the most, it's the most efficient? Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about was what something came up in our mastermind call where there was a one of our masterminders was doing her own version of Miracle Morning. Have you ever attempted that Miracle Morning? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Okay. Well, I'll talk about when I attempted it and how I felt about it. So Miracle Morning is by Hale Elrod, and it's where you wake up a couple hours earlier than your kids because you're beginning your day in silence. And it's just used as a centering method where you're just feeling good about the entire day. Tons of entrepreneurs do this because it helps them to stay grounded and begin their day in that mental state of silence and peace and productivity, right? And so it's based on the acronym SAVER. So it starts with silence and then affirmations and visualizations, exercise, reading, and then scribe, which is writing. So I did this for like, I want to say two months, and it actually was so good. And I'm not a morning person at all. So this was when I was really pushing myself to be a super productive entrepreneur, but I wasn't getting much sleep at night. So you have to really think about the season that you're in. Layla's still getting up at night. Savers is probably not for me, even if it's centering myself. So you have to make it your own version of your of what you're doing. So for me, when I was trying to wake up in silence, I couldn't really wake up in silence <laughs> because I couldn't wake up. So I would try to like put one earbud in and have like, you know, that one app Calm. They have like this one thing called Celestial Sunbeams. And so it's just like, I don't know, like meditation music. So instead of being in silence, I would just put one earbud in and I would let that kind of flow through me. And then also different things where I would, I bought this one timer at Home Depot that turns on appliances. So I guess you can set the timer. It's very manual. It looks like a little time clock. And then I, that would make the light in the living room go on, a diffuser with aromatherapy and a heating pad. <laughs> 
So I was basically taking away any obstacles I could because I love to be warm in the morning. I love the smell of aromatherapy. I put eucalyptus in there. And then also the light being on, I felt like, oh, you need to go out there. Those were the obstacles that I tried to put into my routine that were automatic. So it wouldn't push me to get out of bed. So I will probably try to do that again because even the masterminder that she said that she's doing it where she's writing and she's reading and everything, it helps her get peace throughout the day because when she's having extra hard day being an entrepreneur and being a mom, which is such a roller coaster, she's able to center herself because she started her day out with that miracle morning mindset. So I think that you can make it whatever you want. Like I said, mine wasn't in complete silence and mine was different things like different affirmations, different visualizations, but just make it how you want to. So then you're able to come back to how you started your day. And and that's different with every person. I feel like not every person has to start out their day the same way. And it's very seasonal and very dependent on the person. Yeah. I mean, so I'm a night person and I like to work at night. So I think my creativity happens at night when the world quiets down and it's sort of me and my computer or whatever it needs to be nighttime. I don't get as creative in the morning. The morning I sort of, maybe it's my anxiety, but I I want to get started with my day. There's a bunch of things I have left to do and creative comes at the end. But whatever it is, you try Miracle Morning or whatever it is. Somebody once said to me, why at the age that I'm at in my life, I keep trying to be something that I'm not versus making what I am work best for me. You know, So taking that guilt off, maybe I'm never going to get up two hours before my kids because I work late at night. That's when I get my, cre- my creative stuff done. And that's when I see my husband when he gets back from shows. We're a later night family. I'd love to go to bed earlier, but not as much gets done during the day. So how can you make your day and your lifestyle work for you and be okay with that. But there are little things that we can incorporate from all of these learnings. So whether it's writing down what you need to do the next day, living and dying by a calendar, having that time for meditation, I go to sleep to those sounds. So for me, it's harder to turn my brain off at night. So I put the sound machine on, I put on a, like a meditation and I do that. But the morning with little kids, they're in my bed before I ever want to wake up. <laughs> or they're in my bed before I wake up because they've come in in the middle of the night. So there's only so much you could do at that point. Yeah. And one of the things before I had kids or when I first had kids, I always stayed up late at night and that was when I was the most creative. And I was so good about it. So it, all of my annual reports, I used to be a graphic designer, a corporate graphic designer that would do annual reports. And so I would work really, really late and I was so good at it. And it was my power hours. Like I would crank stuff out. These are very high level data driven creative things too. And so when I had kids, I couldn't seem to get myself to work during the day when they were gone to daycare. And so I figured out that I actually had to make like a pseudo environment that mimicked that nighttime life. So I would shut the curtains with blackout curtains. I would turn on my fluorescent light, which was artificial, which was just one of those daylights. And I would have to basically let no sunshine in and pretend it was nighttime because otherwise I wanted to be outside because it was here in Iowa. We only get so many nice days, I feel like. (laughs) And so I would have to mimic that for myself, put some headphones on and literally just with the artificial light and feeling like I was in the same old setting that I was, I had to do that for years, but now I'm able to work, you know, 
in the daytime when my kids are gone. You know, it's just a matter of allowing yourself to transition and making it work with whatever hours you're left with because your life will always change. Your kids will always grow. And so you have to kind of gauge whatever season you're in. My daughter, so she's two and a half right now. I am feeling the freedom, you guys, like feeling it so much because even though she wakes up at night, like she's so much easier. The girl tells me when she's hungry now instead of screaming her head off. So I feel like I'm starting to get into that easy stage of moms and I could not feel happier about it. Even when she has her tantrums, I'm like, oh my goodness, at least it was a lot easier than it was before. You could talk through it with them. Be reasonable. Be reasonable. (laughs) Bribe them. (laughs) I know. I've got a sticker chart and my two and a half year old just keeps putting the stickers around the chart. on the door, just decorating or wearing them. But yeah, I, I agree. So, and it's amazing because it's obvious that you're very sensory driven or affected. So whether it's that light turning on and having that smell or blocking out light, that's a really amazing thing that you figured out about yourself. I don't know if it was instinctively or not, but that you had to change your environment to be, to work for you at the hours that worked for you. Some people may be like that. I mean, that's a really, that's an interesting thing to just try out even for myself to block out the light because it is, you see that light out there and there's like the day hours versus when you're in a casino, because we're going to Vegas, there are no (laughs) windows. There's no windows. There's no doors. No, there is no clocks. And so the hours are sort of yours and open and they want you to stay there all day gambling and eating and just staying in their environment. And drinking. And drinking. (laughs) Well, on slot machines. (laughs) You don't know me with slot machines, but I do love the goldfish slot machine. It's ridiculous. I hate slot machines. Yeah, they're pointless. They're literally (laughs) losing money on video games. I get worried about the the card games because I don't know enough about them that I play them stupidly. And people are always looking at me like, are you you really going to do that? So maybe we just avoid the gambling. One of the things I wanted to talk about, do you feel like your day is run by what you eat? Like, I feel like I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I feel like one of the ways to be really productive is to figure out your meal planning system. So the way that I do it is through constant contingency plans because I know (laughs) I'm horrible at meal planning. You know, I'll try to... I'm the type of person that doesn't plan ahead. So I'll try to kind of buy enough for like a Sunday and then get me through certain meals of the of the week. But a lot of times I'm going to the store every single day, which is not productive at all, but that's just the world I live in. I try to do contingency plans where I know what we want to order at other restaurants. I have freezer meals, I have crock pot meals, I have pressure cooker meals, and I have like traditional like Tidam Asian meals, which are like completely different. You know, they're like bacon and rice, for instance. That's my Asian American twist on <laughs> you know, meat and rice for tie down, for instance, or like eggs and certain things that are just made differently. And so I'll have like the American stuff, which is a lot easier than the Asian stuff, I feel like. Or I'll have a list written of exactly what I'm going to have that I can pick from. So I'm not having to think of what could we have? What are the options? You know, that sort of thing. So the options are right there for me. I mean, you're plant-based. So do you feel like that's like a really, you like the other day you said you made vegan lasagna, right? Like how did that go? Oh my God, it was delicious. <laughs> we didn't miss the meat or the cheese. Okay, so going back to that, I think it's back to that idea of dressing, right? So what those decisions mm-hmm. you make while dressing. When I, my grandma shared with me 
it was a cookbook that my grandfather gave her back in the 50s of a cookbook, like, hi, wife, you're now going to be my wife. Here's a cookbook, even though he was a great <laughs> hi, grandpa. Hi, wife. <laughs> but in it, he wrote down for her Monday through Sunday, the meals that he wanted for dinner, like meatloaf was Sunday. I forget what the other ones were. And I was always like, oh, like, oh, housewife rules. Like, this is what, you know, <laughs> the man wants for dinner. And I was kind of shocked by that. But my grandmother was 19 when she got married. So thinking about the mindset of women back in the day, where they were, they went from their parents' house to their husband's house. And my grandfather literally taught my grandmother how to be, even before he passed away, he knew he was, and she had never written a check. And this was 12 years ago. So that my grand, my grandpa took those roles. But thinking about that now with food, I told my husband that the other day, I was like, you know what? We're going to have set meals instead of this restaurant culture that we live in and wanting to always be fancy. Because when we grew up, we didn't go to restaurants all the time. You know, your mom made food. Now food is so accessible that it's easy to be diverse. So what we've decided to do is we're going to do the same thing where every night my mother-in-law does taco Tuesdays and she orders in pizza on Fridays when she has the grandkids over. So we're going to do that. Lasagna was really super easy to make. That's going to be one of the nights. Taco bowls will be the other night because we do like rice and beans and veggies and spinach and salsa and stuff like that. There might be a sort of like a, a cheat night or an easier night where maybe we just literally throw quesadillas together for the kids. And there'll be one night that is sort of a night to go out. So last night we ate at Moe's because kids eat free on Sundays and it was easy. We went there, our kids ate free. We sat down really quickly. We were done in 40 minutes. We got home. We didn't have to clean up anything on a Sunday. So I like that idea. And we'll see because my son, I tried to give him that vegan lasagna the second night. And he was like, again? Oh, come on. <laughs> like, you barely eat anyway. So you're really going to get mad at me about like the actual thing you ate last night? I was so excited that you ate it. I was hoping you would do it again. I think the leftovers might not work for our kids, but the leftovers will work for my husband and I as lunch meals. And then just really trying to keep to like six or seven meals a week. Or I was even thinking if we really get and perfecting that, and if we really get sick of that, maybe it's every two weeks, you know, maybe there's 10 to 12 meals that we rotate through, but knowing that tacos are Tuesdays, easy. You'll always have, whenever you go to the store, you can buy stuff for tacos. That's always in your house. Yep. Perfect. I totally did this in the summertime without even realizing it. So I picked the favorites. So Mondays was spaghetti, Tuesday was chicken wings, Wednesdays was ribs, I think. Thursday was like this chicken noodle soup, whatever version of chicken noodle soup we were making. And I'd switch up the pasta noodles. Basically, it was the exact same thing though. I didn't switch up anything for spaghetti night. I didn't switch up anything for chicken wings. Exactly the same thing. And everybody loved it because those are their favorites. And so I need to go back to that actually. And then I did that in the summertime because Suri was home with me. So she's home with me during the summers. So I was able to every single week show her how food was made and she was really into it. So then now that she's seven, she could see how like she would when we made the chicken soup, chicken noodle soup, for instance, I don't let her like touch the stove or anything, but she was able to like rinse off all the celery, rinse off all the carrots. And she understands like food is food and where it's coming from and kind of like the enjoyment of cooking, I feel like except for I don't enjoy cooking anymore. I used to love, love, love cooking. Like I'm a pretty good cook, I have to say, but I feel like motherhood killed that for me. <laughs> and see, I think I'm a good cook as well, but that's when I allow that balance in my life between stopping to work and having enough time to cook because it's really hard to cook during the weekdays and the weekends are pretty full during your kids' time. So there's that difference that I've always struggled with between being a business owner 
and being a quote unquote housewife or someone who gets to kind of train like your culinary skills. We had done Blue Apron for a minute because it's like, I'm going to treat this as a class. So I had done mm-hmm. this subscription type deal where it was something enjoyable. Too. Yeah. It was something for me where I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to make chicken piccata or whatever in 30 minutes. And it was really helpful because then I had an understanding of the different types of ingredients and how to do that. Where the other night with lasagna, I didn't even need a recipe book because I kind of knew all the things I needed to put in and I had trained myself in that. So I think we always struggle to be better. The grass is greener in a different yeah. in a different world. With Blue Apron, I loved it. It was so good because they have a lot of Asian-inspired stuff, but nobody else liked it. <laughs> like, I was right. Those it's hard with little kids. Myself. Yes. And even my husband, I was like, I didn't realize you were so picky until I got the <laughs> subscription box. Really? But yeah. They love their favorites. So that's when I was like, okay, well, nobody complained. We're getting the same stuff over and over and over. Totally. And they were fine with it. So it was a lot easier. I'll have to do that again. And the other thing too is I love to grocery shop, but during that time, I was outsourcing my grocery shopping. So I was doing it all online and they would deliver it. Or if you don't want to pay the $3 for you to deliver it, for them to deliver it, you just pick it up through the pickup lane and they fill up your car. And so they do that at Walmart around here. So I'm sure like anybody has access to that. And then Hy-Vee, I, I think that's a Midwest thing. So even if you don't have Amazon Now, which is the food or Amazon Fresh around you, which we do not have here in Iowa, there's like Walmart everywhere, right? So you could definitely order online. And that was because I knew exactly what we were going to be eating every single week. So it was easier for me to order it online and because you have to do it a full day ahead of time. So it's not like one of those things where you can like go pick it up that same day. There's another app called Instacart and they actually work with Costco. So even if you don't have a Costco membership, you can actually still order from Costco. You're just paying higher prices than membership. So we had a birthday party for my son when we were in LA, so busy between working and family things and whatnot. We ordered everything we needed from Costco for the birthday party off of Instacart. And then we needed some other things. And so we also placed an order for Ralph, somewhere else it was. I actually used Instacart for the first time a few months ago. My husband was traveling. I was by myself and I was sick and I had the kids and I could not get my body out of the house to get food for the kids. So I went on Instacart, ordered, got it delivered in a few hours because I think you could pick windows. Like if you give enough time, mm-hmm. I think I ordered in the morning and got my stuff by 4 p.m. that day and I didn't have to get out of bed. So there's ways of using these tools that maybe it doesn't work for you always, but there might be those times where We all wish we had like a personal assistant and these apps or services kind of do that for you. Yeah. I've heard of Instacart and they do that with Whole Foods too. Yeah. Yeah. So basically a lot of things. Times are a change in everybody. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things that you can do nowadays that I always forget actually, because I forget that we have it so much easier than back in the day when you had to go out to Walgreens and get your own medicine. Now you can just order it on Amazon if you have Amazon now and get it two hours later. You know, Same with your contacts prescription and your medicine can get delivered. So <laughs> Amazon Prime now, I literally, whenever I stay with my family in LA, I don't understand. My sister-in-law will get milk delivered. Like she'll wake up in the morning and realize there's no milk or random things they get delivered in two hours. I never could find it on my Amazon. I partner with an Amazon expert here, but I'm not an, <laughs> I am not an Amazon expert. And so I was in LA and I was looking for, I think I needed something. I don't know what I needed, but 
I needed something delivered to me and I was like, why can't I not find this two hour delivery on regular Amazon? Googled it, realized it was its own app. (laughs) So now I have an Amazon Prime app where I think it was my family was leaving to go back to New York from LA. It was 11 o'clock at night and I realized that we couldn't find their headphones anywhere for the plane. And my husband was flying by himself with the kids and there were no headphones for them and they're little kids. They need ones that fit their heads. I was like, I could drive to Target right now because it was still early enough. The Target was open. It was like 10 o'clock at night or I go on Amazon Prime. So I went on Amazon Prime now and had two sets of headphones delivered for the next morning between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. before they had to leave to the airport. So I went online from the comfort of my couch while watching The Real Housewives of Somewhere and placed the order. <laughs> so I had my time to relax, placed the order, got it, like I got something done and it was delivered before they left to the airport. And so that was the most productive I've been because I had self-care and a huge <laughs> multitasking. Multitasking mom. So that Amazon Prime now, it's only in certain areas. So because you're in LA, they don't have it here, but we are going to have a warehouse built. I want to say like 20 minutes away from me. So hopefully that will bring that in too. But it's cool because you can also pay $8 extra. So what you're talking about is it's included in your Prime membership. But if you pay $8 extra, you can have it within the hour. So I mean, I'm willing to pay $8 extra if I'm sick and my kids need medicine or whatever. I'll pay that $8. What's cool too, little side note and Amazon fun facts coming up here. So the people that deliver those Amazon Now things are called flex drivers, just like how Uber drivers are now. And so you, anybody could get a job coming up if you have Amazon Now in your local area that you would be paid as a flex driver to pick up stuff from their warehouse and deliver it to people and leave it on their front stoop, which is so cool. I'm sure it'll be managed like how Uber is through an app or whatever, because you get to see where that delivery actually is. Like you can see how far that person is away and it's tracked completely from warehouse to your house. So, so cool, right? Like Amazon is changing the world that we live in for sure. Okay. So how about we wrap up the way that you can be more productive. So what we're trying to tell you is that you really just need to figure out how you could do more in less time. What we've talked about in this episode are the things that Mina and I do to do more in the time that we have. We have young kids, we have multiple businesses, we have families, and we have time to ourselves. And I have clients that I need to tend to. So whatever it is, whatever situation you are in, it's figuring out how to be the most efficient possible self that you could be and to do more in less time. So Mina, what are, let's just give them a little wrap up on the things that they can do. I think for sure one of the thing that I mentioned that is most effective for me is setting that timer. Otherwise I'm like, la what's going on today? And so I think setting that timer was like the best tip that I gave today and doing the night routine. And my night routine also includes tidying up because I like to wake up to a kind of clean house that's to say that I have a little, a mini trampoline in my living room with, for my daughter. I have a pink giant tent. I'm saying tidying up to the best that you can. So tidying up, getting your top three ready for the next day and having your clothes set out, that'll make all the difference. And then doing those three things the next day. Yeah. And for me, I think it's really getting your calendar in line. So whether you do that every Sunday, understanding what you need to get done that week, the the days that you have to block off. We talked about that 15th, that tax day on on what you do for yourself and what you could do to check in with your business. And for me, it's really that shortcutting. So easy effort things where it's shortcutting the outfits that I wear, shortcutting 
the food that I'm going to get for my kids. And for me, it really is that calendar and living living by that and that time blocking, the time blocking of the day and the hours that I need. Yeah, for sure. I think even just that little bit of you have to be so in tune to how you are as a person, like how quickly you can make decisions, what your family likes to eat, when your power hours, as I call them, are. If you're a morning person, if you really want to be fighting that or if you just want to extend it to two hours later, your savers could be at night, for instance, like what you do. Any of that stuff where you're just more in tune with your better self and being more productive and being a happier person. That way, you're not always feeling like you're constantly behind in your productivity. It's just really just doing the best that you can and feeling good about it. And one of our masterminders, she had said that her husband didn't want her to work at nights or on weekends. And they they have a under one-year-old child and she has a career plus her product-based biz. There's finding that compromise. So maybe you can, maybe you don't work every weekend, but there might be one Saturday a month that you really have to spend time and your husband takes the kids. Or if you don't have kids, that's sort of where you put in your time. And maybe... Wednesday nights would be the time that you sort of had your late night. But it's, I think always it's finding that balance because also you could burn out and not be as productive. So if you go, 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 obviously there's big project times, but you do want to work that in and know what's coming. So Wednesday nights are my late night. It's the same thing that if we worked for a company and we had a night shift, I have a friend that's a pediatrician. She knows that once a week she's on call. She knows it. She builds it into her life. And that's her night that she doesn't sleep that much. And she may end up even having to work the next day and it takes a couple of days to recoup, but she knows that it's there. So just staying yeah. on your schedule. I didn't even think about that. I have a late night too. I didn't even realize. See, that's what I'm saying about tapping into what you're already doing and realizing what you're doing. So my late night is Tuesday nights because Wednesday nights are late start day for Surrey for school. So she gets to stay up later and hence I stay up later. So that's my late night is Tuesday nights. Yeah. And I mean, if it corresponds with This Is Us or whenever <laughs> TV show is on. Because <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of design work and I like that noise in the background. That's when I listen to my podcast or I'll watch something and I'll stay up late and there's things I'll do or I'll just do a major cleanup of my house. So just mentioning our mastermind again, we are closing the books on our mastermind in March. We have five spots left for our March mastermind for product-based entrepreneurs. It is a three-month commitment, which is fantastic. It gives you enough time to get what you need done for your business. We want to allow time for you to work on it, allow for accountability, allow for you to create a community and friends and people that you can rely on outside of working with two experts that will help consult you in your business and help you reach the goals that you want. So if you're interested, head on over to theproductboss.com backslash mastermind. Yep. Or forward slash. A <laughs> uh, slash. Slash. You get it. You know which one it is. <laughs> Try both. See, if you, see where you get to. <laughs> so thank you again for joining us on this episode of The Product Boss. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and be productive. This episode was brought to you by our mastermind, Multi-Stream Machine. Multi-Stream Machine is our 12-week program that takes the high-level knowledge of two product-based experts, myself and Jacqueline, combined with all the inspiration, accountability, and magic of a peer mastermind. We coach the hot seats through their struggles, facilitate the advice of all their fellow product-based masterminders, and help to focus everyone on more sales. 
believe me, it's not only business changing, it's life changing. And we want you to be a part of it. Go to www.theproductboss.com slash mastermind to learn more or to apply now. Loved this episode of the Product Boss Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We would so appreciate it. All right, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.